This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending megabucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars continues its look at the Australian Grand Prix, and we're joined by Cam Waters, who doesn't feel like he is second fiddle to anyone on the weekend's card. What do you mean? I thought we were the top banana and this one were under us. <laughs> Cam Waters joins us today on Inside Supercars, and it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel, and we're joined by Cam Waters, fresh off a sprint car weekend at Avalon. Not the best one, of, uh, I understand, of Cam's recent times. Welcome back, Cam. It's good to have you on the show again. Yeah, thanks for having me back, boys. Um, didn't have the best run that one, but the week before I come second in Waterville, so um, that was pretty good. The, the first thing is probably the uh, the biggest thing that came out. Uh, you obviously got the win on Saturday because yours was the first of the legal cars, and uh, with the two triple eight cars uh, disqualified because of a illegal cooling system, you obviously had plenty of speed on the Saturday, and everything was going right on the Sunday until you had that moment, and something that you've done occasionally over your career it's a, just a small hit tell us how, how big a hit was it that caused the uh, steer arm to bend yeah i guess first round with the new cars we were, we were pretty happy with speedy as on on saturday and even faster on sunday just clip that inside wall coming on the back straight um which uh you know you've got to get nice and close to those walls but just was a little bit um, I just didn't place the car nice enough when I was rocking on jazz, I just couldn't see as much as usually would. Um, and yeah, in the old cars, if you had a hit like that, it'd probably cop it because the old cars are rear steer, the front, these new cars are front steer, which makes the steering a little bit more vulnerable on the leading edge of the, of the wheel. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. The new cars are weaker in parts and then stronger in other parts. So just a bit of learning to be had. Um, wasn't a very big hit, but obviously enough to, to bend the steering and, um, yeah, she was a bit of a handful to, to finish from there on. It's been said, suggested that you know, in the old cars that wouldn't have necessitated such a drastic blow to try and straighten the arm. Uh, obviously, there was no time to replace it in the race. Do you feel that it, it would have made a difference if you'd been in the old car, that hit on the uh, steering arm? Uh, yeah, 100% if I was in the, the old car. Um, it probably would have copped it. It may have moved a little bit, but um, I would have been able to keep going. But 
saying that, like, the cars are just different. So, um, you know, sometimes the parts of the car is stronger on, on the Gen 2 or the other parts, you know, on the Gen 3 is stronger as well. So, um, yeah, it's just a bit of learning to be had. And fortunately, the alarms have nothing to do with your driving in and around Melbourne there, Cam. No, not at all. I'm uh, parked on the side of the road and there's an ambulance rounding me up. Um, so, yeah, he's off and going now. Now, if we can follow up the differences in the car build, and this isn't to say one's wrong, one's right, but one of the fascinating things is the cars used to be a rear steer car, which meant the yep. steering rack was behind the cross member. Now that it's a front steer car and it means the rack is at the front of the cross member. That does give some differences to the steering geometries. It also gives a, a difference to things like bump steer and the amount of camber you can put on the car. Not that you worry too much about towing in and out or large amounts of it, but it does then put things in different positions which need different protections that you are all learning about how to make sure they are going to be able to survive different types of circuits as well as different types of accidents. Yeah, and like I said earlier, the cars, are, they're just different. So the, uh, the old car being rear steer, the back half of the, you know, the steering or the wheel would be a bit more vulnerable, where the front side of the, the wheel is a bit more vulnerable. Than, um, yeah, like I said, it's just different. We just need to learn that, uh, you know, supercars have probably looked at it and um, it might, you know, beef up steering arms or something like that. I'm not too sure. Um, there's always consequences on, on things you do, but um, it doesn't mean one's right or wrong. Have you noticed a change in, say, bump steer coming back through the steering wheel to you and how the car feels, the amount of turn angle and things like that from the different position of the rack? Bumps you not really because you can get that pretty well um, spot on anyway. Um, there's a fair bit of adjustment in the front ends, so we can get you know bump steer and the camera and the caster and stuff that we want. So that, that's not really a drama. Um, you know, we more feel um, you know the arrow, the, the loss of that, the weight difference, um, things like that. You know, we really feel so. Cars are definitely different. They do some things really well, and then some things. They're a bit of a handful, but um, I'm sure over time we'll chew them up and, and um, get them a bit nicer. And, of course, uh, one of the things that's uh, very different for this week is a track that is uh, only 100% completely diametrically opposed to where you were. Um, big, wide-open track, long, sweeping corners. It, there, there's almost nothing that can, you can bring from there other than the basic <laughs> setup on the car, the balance of the car. Yeah, totally different um, tracks. So it's kind of similar to S&P being, you know, those long corners that you're in for a long time, but the grip level's right up compared to SMP. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting taking it to a totally different track, um, seeing how they handle how much difference the arrow has, um, has made. Um, yeah, really, really looking forward to it, to be honest. When you were at Sydney Motorsport Park at your, the test day, your opening hit out for the year, apart from your own test day at Winton, it, it's a track that's closer in style to Albert Park, as is, say, Salem Bend. And, um, but 
did you find the car it was nice to drive around those big wide open corners? Yeah, it was um, better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. Um, but saying that, like the cars, or well, our cars are a lot different now, setup-wise, compared to what we had at the start of the year. So, um, you know, taking it to Elba Park, it'll be different again. It's a you know, different track group. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting because you, you got a new car, a new toy, you're taking it to different tracks and you got you know different problems to solve and, and your usual tools are they're all thrown out the window and you've got to relearn them as you would possibly remember um post that first hit out at the uh, sydney motorsport park um there were sort of some words like sandbagging thrown around about the djr and the tickford cars um by your competitors uh, those wearing the uh, general motors brand um as we saw um at uh, Newcastle, um, race results um, and qualifying results showed that the parity is, is almost spot on. I'm sure there are certain um, parts and sectors that are different, but do you feel that the, that the cars are very close? Uh, yeah, the post SMP test really just made me laugh. Um, we didn't have any little sandbags to take out of the car like they were telling us. It was more a lack of sandbags and lead in the other cars, which was the issue. So um, all the people complaining put lead in and, and um, yeah, all of a sudden they were pretty close again. And, yeah, it was a massive um, credit to supercars. They, you know, went and had a look at the aero again and the engines and, and all the stuff to, to make sure that they were spot on. And I feel like Newcastle... It was, um, it was really good. So, um, yeah, that's off to those guys. Sitting third in the points uh, obviously gives you encouragement that you can maintain that sort of position or improve on it, in fact. Um, that Are you enjoying driving the car? I mean, obviously, it's very early in the car's life. I think it's been said, you know, we're with the old ones 10 years and now we've got a whole new, you know, life to use. Are you enjoying the, the process of learning this Mustang? Yeah, I'm actually. Like I said, the tools you usually use last year aren't the same as they are now, and it's challenging us, which is great. You have to drive them differently. Um, and, yeah, I think that's still pretty early to, to truly know if, if I like it more than the, uh, the old car, but I feel like, yeah, they're pretty fun to drive so far. Newcastle, I enjoyed it. Um, and they're probably going to make them better and, and nicer to drive. So um, it should be a good thing moving forward, I think. We hear a lot about they're harder to drive, they're harder to drive. But with your sprint car racing, you've also jumped in your brother's uh, sedan, Speedway sedan, over the years. Does anything get harder than those two types of cars? Um, yeah, I think anyone that's saying they're hard to drive should go drive a sprint car and then they'll quickly realise that these things are pretty easy. <laughs> I think um, everyone has come from, you know, the old school car which had been developed for, you know, 10, 15 years and was so nice and refined to, you know, a brand new car. Um, it's got a couple of issues which, you you know, you got to fix, um, you know, 
data point from last year to this year. It's, it's um, I can see why they're saying that, but um, you know, for us, or for me now, it's more um, I've forgotten about the old car, and, and this is what we got in front of us, and just make the most of it. An event like Albert Park is you're obviously the not not the top banana. Formula One's there. I imagine that as a kid you probably used to watch a fair bit of Formula One. Um, do you get a chance to actually mix uh, with the other teams in, in uh, Formula One, Formula Two? Do you know people there? What do you mean? I thought we were the top banana and this one were under us. You're telling us we're not. <laughs> I hate to give you that news flash, but I'm sure you would have seen the television that suddenly TV stations that didn't even know Formula One existed a week ago Suddenly, Daniel Ricciardo's everywhere. Yeah, no, I've slowly worked that out. I, yeah, didn't know what was going on. Um, no, I don't really know anyone in, in the F1 paddock. Um, I'll be supporting Oscar Sunday. Hopefully he has a, a good run and the McLaren's get tuned up a bit. But, um, yeah, not, not really. I have to say, that was the best channelling of Tony Crocker and I have heard in years. <laughs> Is that a compliment? Take that as a compliment? Oh, you may, if you want. Tony might not, but you can. No, don't ever be mistaken. I respected enormously the man uh, Cochran and what he achieved. Um, I loved it when he was in this series. The only unfortunate thing was that, uh, unlike he showed later on when he started to go at people like Lee Matthews, too often he plays the man, not the ball. And... Uh, I'm sure, Cam, that you understand that well, the analogy between uh, the ball games, uh, so to speak. Yeah, I don't really follow uh, AFL a great deal, but um, yeah, I always tune in for the, the finals, and that's about it. I pretend I know what I'm talking about or looking at, but deep down I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, enjoy your weekend in the Albert Park track and enjoy the track and, the, and your drives. We look forward to catching up with you through the weekend. And I know full well that you'll certainly wave the flag high both for Dickford, Rod Nash, Tim Edwards and all the boys that work with you and girls. Thank you so much, Cam Waters, again for joining us on Inside Supercars. Thanks for having me, boys. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Have paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.